Okay, Parshas Lech Lecha. So Parshas Lech Lecha is the Parsha where we really begin the story of the Jewish people with Avram Avinu. Right? Avram Avinu was born in the end of last week's Parsha, Parshas Neach, but the story really starts in this week's Parsha. Of course the Parsha begins, Lech Lecha Mi'artzach, Hashem says, I want you to leave your, uh, your land, the place you were born, and go to the land that I will show you, which of course is the land of then called Canaan, and today Eretz Yisrael. Why did the Torah start with Lech Lecha? Right. What a show it is, which prompts to Avram. Right. So the Torah, because the Torah starts with creation, Horatius Barola came to tell us, you know, that there was a plan and there was a master who created it, and it moves quickly. I mean, from the creation until Avram Avinu is almost two thousand years. Right. It moves quick, quickly through the first two two parshias, and then once it gets to Avram Avinu is when we really slow down. You know, Lech Lecha Vayera Chayisara is really the story of Avram Avinu. Told us as Yitzchak. It's really a story. This, the first Chumash is the story of the Tzaddikim, or the founders of Klal Yisrael. So Avram arrives in Israel, and what we're going to learn here tonight, in the time allowed to us, we'll talk about three Mizbechos, three altars that Avram creates in Eretz Yisrael. So you have very close to the beginning of the Parsha, chapter 12, verse 7. Hashem appears to Avram. And he says, To your children, to your descendants, I will give this land. Right? The first time that Hashem promises the land of Israel to the descendants of Avram. And immediately he says, That Avram went ahead and he built a Mizbeach to Hashem who had appeared to him. That's the first Mizbeach. Okay? Let's go to the next bold letters, which is the next Pasuk. Vayatek misham hahara. Avram moved from there. He went to the mountain, mikedem lebeis el, east of beis el. Vayet aholay beis el miyam vhaay mikedem, and he uh, he you know pitched his tent. Beis el was on the west side, and the eye was on the east side. Vayiven sham mizbeach lahashem vayikra b'shem Hashem. Again, Avram builds now a second mizbeach. For Hashem, and he calls out in the name of Hashem. Why was the first one built? Right, so we'll see in a moment. But first, I'm just looking at the verses, at the Psukim. So the first one says, again, Hashem appears to him and says, I'm giving you your children the land. He builds a Mizbech. A Pasuk later, he moves on to a different area, builds a Mizbech, and calls out to Hashem. We go one chapter further, right? Both of these were in chapter 12, verse 7 and verse 8. We go one chapter further, the next bold letters, chapter 13, verse 17, 18. Hashem says to Avram, Kum ki mena. He says, I want you to walk in the land of Israel. It's length and breadth, because I'm going to give it to you. Again, Avram takes his tents, and, he's, and now he moves to Eloni Mamre, Asher Bechevron, which is in Chevron. He builds there a Mizbeach for Hashem. So here we have, in pretty quick succession, three Mizbechos that Avram Avinu builds. And from the words of the Pasuk itself, it's not clear why. He builds the first, he builds the second, he builds the third. What's the idea behind, behind these three Mizbechos that he builds? So if you look into Rashi, because Rashi is the foremost commentator, the first commentator on the Chumash. So in the first Pasuk, Rashi says, You ask, why did he build the first Mizbech? Says Rashi, because it was at this point that he was promised children, Descendants and promised the land, right? Because in that first pasuk it says, "To your children I will give this land," which is really a double promise that there's going to be children and that they're going to inherit this land. Well, where was that? 
Um, right when he came in, when he came into Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't, um, you know, I'd have to pull out a chumash to see where that pasuk was. I don't know if it says a place. It says when he arrived in Eretz, when he lives in the land of Canaan. Yeah, because the second was based on the third one is Hebron. Right, right. So the, um, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. Again, maybe if we look at the chumash, we'll see. So the second one, why did he build one there? So Rashi says something interesting. Rashi says, "Nisnabe shasidin bonov lehikashel sham al avon achon v'yispalel sham alehem." Avram Avinu was a prophet, and Avram Avinu prophesied that his children would have problems in Ai, and that's in the story of Yeshua. And Yeshua is entering into the land of Israel, and they're winning battle after battle. But one battle that the the Jewish people are defeated is in the, is the city of Ai. And in, this, in the story of Yeshua, it's the whole story of Ochan. Ochan was a Jew. He was partaking in some of the spoils of war, which was forbidden to be taken. Nobody knew. And because of that, they were, the Jewish people fell in that battle. Says Rashi, from the Medrash, that Avram here prophesied that this was going to be a place of disaster, of difficulty for the Jewish people. So therefore, he built a Mizbeach to daven for his descendants who were going to fall in this place. That's why he built the second Mizbeach. What's curious is, the third Mizbeach, Rashi doesn't give any reason for. There's no Rashi on that person. So one chapter later, there's Mizbeach number three, and suddenly Rashi is silent. So again, the first one he said, well, because he was just promised children, he was promised the land of Israel. The second one he says he was, he was davening for the future, for the story of I, and the third one, Rashi is silent. So that's an, an obvious question. Somehow Rashi feels we're supposed to understand that. But why? What, what, what's the reason for the third one? That's as far as Rashi is concerned. When you look into the Medrash, and this is the Medrash Rabbah, Barashas, so Amr Rabbi Lezer, Gimel Mizbah, the next paragraph obviously, Gimel Mizbachos Bona. So Rabbi Lezer in the Medrash talks again about the three Mizbachos. And he says, Achas Lebesuras Eretz Yisrael. The first one was because of the promise for the land of Israel, similar to what Rashi says. Rashi said the promise for children as well. So the Medrash has the promise of Israel. Now this is a fascinating one. The Medrash has one of them, and it really means the third one, is because he's, he acquired Eretz Yisrael. Now the first one was for the promise of Eretz Yisrael. The third is for the acquisition. We'll get to that in a moment. And what the middle one was, again, like Rashi said, because the children are going to fall on this place, and he's davening for the children. Now, so basically the Medrash is completing the missing link, what Rashi didn't say. And that is that the third Pasuk is because of the acquisition of Eretz Yisrael. Now, where in the third Pasuk is there an acquisition of Eretz Yisrael? So if you look again, in the third Pasuk it says, Kum Hashem didn't just say, I'm going to give you the land. He already tells Avram, I want you to do something in the land. I want you to walk the length and the breadth of the land. Says the Medrash, when Avram was walking the length and the breadth of the land, he was actually acquiring Eretz Yisrael. From now on, it's going to become his, or his, or his descendants. And therefore, the Medrash says that that's what the third Mizbeach was all about. So there was one because there was a promise. There was another prophesizing for the children's you know, difficulties in the battle. And the third one is for the acquisition of the land that happened by going the length and the breadth of the land. That's what the Medrash says, which resolves that question. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't get very far in the end. He comes back to Hebron, which is not far from Bethel. This is correct. This is correct. But it's all, you know, it's all Eretz Yisrael. He's just wondering 
Because Eretz Yisrael is supposed to be way up north. Right, south, right, 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 right. He doesn't, he, he doesn't necessarily say that he traveled into every area. He stuck more around Yerushalayim, it would seem. But, now, Rashi didn't say what the Medrus says. Right, Rashi, again, did, could have said that, just like he explained the first and the second. Rashi did not give the Medrash explanation, and there's a logical explanation for that. Because this Medrash is based on a very interesting halachic question, which is when you walk in something, when you walk the length of the breadth of the place, is that a form of acquisition? Right, we know when it comes to kinyonim of acquisitions in halacha, there's all different types of acquisition. When you acquire a land, it's called kinyin chazaka. But is walking around a land considered an acquisition? If, we were, if you were to sell me a house, and you say, okay, it's yours, and I take a walk around all the perimeters of the house, is that considered an acquisition? Is actually a debate in the Gemara, in Baba Basra. The Gemara Baba Basra, the Daf Kuf, there's, there's some say, yes, walking is considered an acquisition, like Avram Avinu did. But the halacha is not that way. The halacha is that that's not considered an acquisition. And Avram was just doing it as, you know, giving a bracha, so to speak, for his children, making it easier for the descendants. But it wasn't an actual acquisition. So if you want to try to understand Rashi versus the Medrash, Rashi leaves the third one blank. He doesn't give the acquisition concept, most likely because Rashi feels that halachically that doesn't work. There wasn't an acquisition. So we're back to there's a promise for the land, but there's still no acquisition. So according to Rashi, there's still this gaping hole, so to speak. What was behind the third Mizbeah, according to Rashi? So what, what I want to do here is something very interesting, and it's based on a talk of the Rebbe, um, about what, what's another way of understanding the need for the three Mizbechos, the three, um, the three altars. But a very, very important piece is the Ramban. Nachmanides, right after the period over here, Ramban says a general rule that's important for the learning of all of Chumash Barashas. And that is, why does the Torah spend such great detail and length on the whole story of Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Yosef? Why such detail? And the Ramban says, and this is a quote, Perik Yudbez, in chapter 12. He says, Omer Klau. I want to tell you a rule. Tovin oso bechal ha-parshios ha-baos. You should understand this. In all of the upcoming parshios. Benin Avram, Yitzchak, v'yakov. V'u'inyin gadol. It's a very important idea. Our masters explained this in short. And they said in the Medrash Tanchuma, Anything that happened to the Avais is a sign what's going to happen to us, to their descendants. And that's why the Psukim talk in length about their travels. V'chafiras ha'be'eros, the digging of the pits, v'shara mikrim, and all the other details, v'yachshov ha'choshev bahem, k'yuhim dvarim miyutarim, ain't bahem to'elas. One would think, well, what's, you know, what, why is it important to know that Avram traveled and Yitzhak traveled and they dug wells? V'kulam bo'im l'lamid al ha'asid. Everything that's written in this Chumash, everything that happened with Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, teach us of what will be in the future. Anything that occurred to these Nevi'im, these prophets, are three Avos, we can understand from them what was being told that will happen to their children. So whatever happens, the Ramban has this as a rule, and he constantly refers to this in his Pirush, in his commentary to Chumash Barashas. Maisa of his Whatever happened is really foretelling what's going to be in the future. Okay, understanding that, 
What's the story with the three Mizbechos? So, so here we have very, something very fascinating. When it comes to Mizbech, we'll find that the number three is very significant. Many times the Mizbech is connected with the number three. Hosea Gemar, the Gemar says in Sech Lexuvis, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Mizbeach, the word Mizbeach, so which starts with the Mem, obviously, he says, stands for Meziach Umezin Mechavev Mechaper. Meziach means it protects us from negative, it protects us from negative um, decrees. Mezin, it sustains us and feeds us. The Bracha comes from the Mizbeach. Mechavev, it makes us beloved. Mechaper, it atones for us. All the four mems. That's what Rebbe says, the Mizbeach. It, it saves us, it protects us, it sustains us, it makes us beloved, and it atones for us. And the Gemara says that it would seem the first and the last are more or less the same thing. It protects us and atones for us. Hainu Mechaper, Hainu Meziach, isn't it the same thing? Atoning and protection, says the Gemara, Meziach, Zeros, it protects us from decrees, Umechaper Avonos, and protects us from, and um, atones from sins. So, but if you think about it, if you, if you put together the atonement and protection, the Mizbeach has three primary functions. It blesses us, it feeds us, that's the mazin. It, it protects us and atones, and it makes us more beloved. The four, the four which is really three of the Mizbeach, feeding, protecting, and making us beloved. That's the Mizbeach. What do we bring on the Mizbeach is Karbanos. It sacrifices. The sacrifices are also split into four categories, which are really three. We have a quote from the Rambam. He says, in my sacrabonus, Kola Karbonus, all the sacrifices, Bain Shal Sibur, Bain Shal Yachid, whether they're communal or private, are Ba Minin. There are four types of sacrifices. Ola, the carbon Ola, which was fully consumed by the fire in the Mizbeach. Chatas, a sin offering. Asham is also a type of sin offering and Shlomim, which is the peace offering. So again, oh, we have Eli. So the Rambam tells us about the Karbonos, that Karbonos, we're, we're, we're in the Rambam, close to the bottom of the page. The Rambam says that the Karbonos are four types of Karbonos. The Ola, again, the burnt offering, the Chatas, the sin offering. Asham is also a sin offering, a different type of sins. And Shlomim is the peace offering. And the Medrash puts it as, as three. Sin offerings, peace offerings, and burnt offerings. Ola is the burnt offering. Chata Shlomim is the sin. I'm sorry, Chata and Asham is the sin. And Shlomim is the peace offering. What kind of mizbeach did Avram make? You know, uh, and, and, and where did the proceeds or the meats go? I mean, if he, was he making uh, also... Offerings for other people is something that you had needed to have for, or are they talking about the four, right. the three in the future? Maybe? Exactly. So exactly, this this Gemara and Rambam is talking about the Besamikdash that would be in the future. Avram Avinu is doing as the Ramban says, Maisa of a similar banim. He's setting the stage for what's going to be in the future. So Avram makes three off a uh, three mizbechos. Each mizbech he brings an animal and offers it to Hashem. There, there's no chatas, asham, all that. There's just an animal burnt for Hashem. But what's happening here, the reason he makes those three mizbechos is because ultimately there's going to be three types of offerings. 
and there's going to be three types of effects of the Mizbeach. Or three Mizbeach. And we'll get to end the three Mizbeach, right? We're going to see that in Mizbeach, there's constantly the three. And that's what we're going through over here. First, we saw that a Mizbeach protects, feeds, and makes us beloved. Now we're seeing in the Karbanos, there is the, there is the protect, that's like the Chatas and Asham, the sin offerings. There's the feed, that's the shlomim, which we eat, and there's making us beloved, that's the burnt offering for Hashem. So in the Mizbech, there's the three steps. Feeding, protecting, and being beloved for Hashem. And in fact, going to the next step, in the actual avodas of a karbam, what are the three primary avodas that happen with every karbam? So one is there is the, the blood, the blood that's thrown on the Mizbeach and poured on the Mizbeach, which that brought the Kapara, that was the atonement, that's called the Zrika Saddam. And then there is the, that the, the part that was consumed, that the Kohanim would eat, that the owners would eat, even the carbon Ola, the skins that were eaten. And then there was the divine, the Gilu Yashkina, the fire that would come from heaven and consume the carbon. So there's always those three aspects, those three parts. There's that which feeds us, there's that which atones for us, and there's that which makes us more beloved and connected to Hashem in Karbanos. And in, in our general avoda, where are those three steps in our general avoda? Which part of, which part of our avoda feeds us as Jewish people, feeds our neshama? That's Torah mitzvahs. We learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, that feeds us, that sustains us. Then there is tshuva. Tshuva is what? You know, we did something wrong, we need, it, we need atonement, protection. That's tshuva. And then there is what a yid serves Hashem just to be connected to Hashem, not to be fed, not to take care of their spiritual needs or their physical needs. That's the basic, that's the just to connect to Hashem, to be beloved for Hashem. That's what we call when a person just serves Hashem for the sake of connecting to Hashem. Or what might be called Mesiras Nefesh, to just connect my soul to Hashem. All of, these are the big three. The big three that we're seeing over and over again that we're being taken care of, we're being protected, and we're connecting to Hashem. And as you pointed out correctly, and that's on the next page, the final page, the next page, the, the first base of Mikdash, second base of Mikdash, third base of Mikdash. The first base of Mikdash was Hashem's gift to us. We were like tzaddikim, and it was a wonderful base of Mikdash. Then we messed up. We did shuva, and we had a second base of Mikdash. The second base of Mikdash is like shuva. We repented. The third base of Mikdash, which we're waiting for, is the ultimate, and that's where Hashem will really express His love fully to Klal Yisrael, and that's the being beloved. So really what we have here is a pattern when it comes to Karbanos. When it comes to Mizbeach and Karban, the pattern of the three. Feeding, protecting, and belovedness. And again, we saw this in the actual effects of the Mizbeach, that it protects, it feeds, it makes us beloved to Hashem. Zrika is the protection? Y yeah, because the Kapara is through Zrika. In, in the Gemara, it's very clear that the Zrika Saddam or the Shvicha Saddam, that brings, that's called the Mechapir in the Gemara. That's the Vodan and on you, right? Because on your keeper is Tara, is Kapara. So that's why it's Zrika Saddam. So the Mizbech always has those three. And that brings us back to the three Mizbechos that Avram Avinu built in this week's Parsha. Because that's where, right, we started from the three Mizbechos. And now let's look. The first one, Rashi says, is because Hashem promised him. He promised him children. He promised him Merit Yisrael. That's Hashem feeding us, Hashem giving us what He promised us, what we need in order for us to continue. That's Hashem taking care of our needs. The second, He was davening for His children who were going to sin and fall in I. Right, as Rashi said, the second one was built in I, and therefore He was davening for the future of the Klal Yisrael, which was going to fall and go through difficulties in that place. 
In fact, I didn't read with you the Medrash in Bereshus Rabbah, which is the what, fifth paragraph here, which it says, he goes through the whole thing, he brings from the, in Yoshua chapter 7. It says the, the Jewish people were winning battle after battle. In one battle they, they fell in, in Ai. So the Pasuk says, Vayikra Yeshua Simlos of Yeshua rent his garments. Vayipol al panav artsal lefnei Aaron Hashem. Yeshua falls in front of the Aaron. Ada Erev till the evening. Hu vizikne Yisrael, him and the elders. Vayalu offer al Rosham. They put, they put dust on their heads. So Amr Rebbe Lezer ben Shamur, Rebbe ben Shamur, one of the Tanoim says, when they put the dust on their heads, what they were really doing is mentioning the schus of Avram Avinu. said, "I'm like dust." And they said, to, and Yeshua says, "Hashem, klum bana Avram So Yeshua knew what was going on. He knew that Avram Avinu, our first, our forefather, he built a mizbeach here to help us to protect us here, and therefore Yeshua dominates for protection. So the second mizbeach is the mizbeach of protection. The third Mizbeach, we said Rashi was silent about. He didn't say what it's about. That was just to be connected to Hashem. It wasn't for protection. It wasn't for feeding. It was just to be connected. Interestingly, where was the third one made? In Chevron. What does the word Chevron even mean? Chibur is our connection to Hashem. Our Avos are in Chevron, as we know. Chevron is the place that says our Tfilos go through Chevron. Chevron is the place of tremendous Chibur and his Chabros with Hashem. Interestingly, who became king in Hebron? David HaMelech. David HaMelech begins his kingdom in Hebron. David Melech Yisrael. Hebron represents that place of chibur, of connectedness, which is the third aspect of Mizbeach, the aspect of just to connect to Hashem, become beloved to Hashem. And therefore, these three Mizbeachos that Avram creates, the one for what Hashem promised him, the one to protect his children, and the one that's just there, Lehis Chaber, becomes the template, so to speak, for the Mizbechos of the future, the Karbonos of the future, and really our Avoda for the future. Our Avoda, which is to receive what we need spiritually and physically, protect us from that which is negative, and then above and beyond, just to connect to Hashem with our Avas Hashem, we love Hashem, and Hashem loves us, and that union and that connection, which will come out in its completest form in the coming of Mashiach, when we'll build a third and final Beis HaMikdash, which was what Avraham Avinu was referring to when he built that third Mizbeach in the